0: Welcome to Safe Coastal Wildlife, the podcast. We gotta see. Coastal Wildlife Lovers, this is Jenna Reynolds, the host of Save Coastal Wildlife, the podcast. (laughs) Well, you know, it's been a little while since the last podcast. You probably don't recognize my voice. It's a little different, right? Well, it's been a while. In fact, it's been over a year since the last podcast. Does anybody remember what that podcast was about? Well, the previous podcast we did was way back in May 7th. 2022. I mean, that just seems like ancient history. And the topic was about the northern right whale, which are the most endangered large marine mammal species in the world. There's only about 350 of these whales left, and if nothing is done to protect the whales from getting hit by ships or getting entangled in commercial fishing gear, the northern right whale will be no more. It'll be extinct in just a few decades. Yeah, here's a crazy fact about the northern right whale. They can be found right here along the Jersey Shore. That's crazy. You have this endangered whale, and it can be found, not necessarily always seen, (laughs) but found right here along the Jersey Shore. Here in the most urban coastline in North America, there are always a handful of these critically endangered whales that call the Jersey Shore home during the wintertime. And not just here, but up along Long Island. In fact, the entire New York Bight during the wintertime between Long Island and Cape May. They come here to feed on copepods. It's a fascinating story and I encourage you to listen to that particular podcast episode when you get a chance. But for now, today, tonight, this morning, whenever you might be listening to this podcast, I want to talk about something else. I want to talk about me. (laughs) Now you got to forgive me I sound a little presumptuous, selfish, or egocentric. <laughs> I don't mean to. I really don't. I hate talking about myself uh, with a passion. I mean, I'm Buddhist after all, and I try to banish all these self-seeking and egotistic activities for myself. But I thought it might be important to chat a little bit about my journey of the mind and my body, especially in this time and place when our society finds self-talking about transgender issues. Now, you might be asking yourself, why has it taken so long between podcast episodes? I mean, we're talking over a year. Well, a lot has been going on in my personal life. For starters, I lost both my mom and my sister within a year of each other. It was really an incredibly sad time in my life. My mom died in 2021 from old age. I mean, there was a couple other things going on there, but basically it was old age. She was 92. I wish she could have lived a little longer. I wish she could have lived to 95, but it just never happened. And then about a year later, my sister died in 2022 from a nasty case of brain cancer. I mean, all cancer is nasty, but this one, I mean, from my own personal experience, it was just a horrible, horrible time. My sister couldn't move, she didn't know where she was. I mean, towards the end, she just was sitting in a bed, not knowing where she was, not knowing who she was, just watching TV, and it was just a terrible loss of life. She was so vibrant. She loved the outdoors, she loved being outdoors. Both my mom and my sister just loved the outdoors. And so the loss of these two close family members put me in a state of just really deep, deep depression. My mom was my hero. My love for nature and wildlife comes directly from my mom. She loved nature, bird watching and gardening and just being outdoors. My mom, she grew up on a farm in Bergen County, New Jersey. It was really one of the last farms left in, in north uh, eastern Bergen County. It was called the Meadowbrook Nursery. In addition to plants and trees, they raised horses, chickens and sheep, which my mom loved the most. She loved sheep. She had a, a little... Uh, pet sheep, baby sheep that she would call baby. <laughs> my mom would always say that she would love to be with plants and animals more than with, than, rather than with people, and, and there's no doubt that I carry that gene with me. I'd much rather hang out and observe plants and animals or wildlife than to be with a group of people. My older sister, Jane, she was my best friend. She was the person that I always looked to for help and advice in my life. We were really close, and when we both had free time, we would go hiking, biking, and camping together. We would spend time outdoors together. She was the person that I would drag to New York City to see a new exhibit at the Museum of Natural History. And in turn, she would drag me to the Guggenheim Museum in the city to see a new exhibit. My sister loved the arts, but she never had the confidence to really go forward with it. She wanted to be an artist, but instead settled for a life as a librarian. just like that, I lost my hero and my best friend within a year of each other. When I try to explain this to people, I don't think they really get it. I don't think they understand just how devastating the loss was to my life and really still is. A day goes by when I don't think of them both. And after the loss of my sister last year, this is when I started to re-examine my own life and ask that question, what is a life worth living? Only a few people knew this, and I don't think anybody in Safe Coast to Wildlife knew this. But for most of my life, especially since I was a teenager, I suffer from depression and suicidal thoughts. There wasn't a day that would go by that I didn't think about doing something terrible to myself. I never did, thankfully. I never did, because I love my family so much, especially my mom and my sister. And my death, I know, was going to devastate them. and I just I couldn't deal with that. There's no way. So when they died, I couldn't think of any reason to stay alive. What am I living for? Just to pay taxes and buy things to make governments and corporations happy? That's not cool. That's, there's no way to live like that. That's No thank you. I don't want to live like that. This is the state I was in. Not exactly the place you wanted to be in to make a podcast. As the old saying goes, depressed people don't fake depression. Depressed people don't fake depression. They fake being happy. And this is why it's so important to be kind to people. Because you never know what state of mind they might be in. For me, I couldn't fake being happy anymore. The good news is I started to see therapists. I started seeing therapists to get some help. But the therapists were like Goldilocks and the Three Bears. With me being Goldilocks. <laughs> Which is not too far off, because I mean, I got some blonde hair and I'm trying to grow it long now. But the ther- first therapist I saw first therapist I saw, that person wanted to put me on some crazy experimental drugs just on the initial visit, right? So I just was talking to this person for like a half an hour, and already this person wanted to put me on these crazy drugs that that had this long list of side effects, including one of the side effects was death, (laughs) which, wait a minute, I'm trying not to do that, and one of the side effects is going to kill me, Um, so I just thought that was crazy. So I didn't take any of those drugs, and and I soon dropped that person because I didn't want to spend the rest of my life taking drugs. I mean, I have nothing against medicine, and I just think society nowadays is too quick to give out drugs without really trying to find out what is causing the pain or the problem. How can a doctor diagnose a problem on just one visit? Uh, It's impossible. Unless the person's a super doctor, it's nearly impossible. So then I went to a second therapist. And the second therapist I saw prescribed that I should meditate, which I thought that was kind of cool. But I already was meditating several hours a day. I love to meditate. I meditate several hours a day, you know, many hours during the week, many, many, many hours during a month. And yet I'm still depressed. I love meditation. It helps me to greatly live for the moment and be mindful of my surroundings. It does make me happy to a certain degree but it wasn't helping me with my deep, lifelong depression. So then I sought out a third therapist. And this one was just right. (laughs) One that specifically dealt with transgender issues. This is what I needed. I needed a therapist that dealt with transgender issues. And it did it for me. She was the therapist that was just right for me. This therapist said that I should just try to be myself for a day, a week, or a month. And this was revolutionary to me. Like, wait, I could just be myself? I could just be myself for a day, a week, a month? And I did. This past summer, I was totally myself. And guess what? All that depression, all those nasty thoughts, all disappeared. They all got washed away. I wake up now, every morning, not miserable but excited to be me. It's a crazy new feeling that I'm just not used to. I've never experienced before in my life. It's actually taking me some time to get used to being happy when I first wake up. Normally, I was just always so depressed. I'm being happy just by being me. No drugs. No operations. No experimental drugs. No experimental drugs that affect the mind. No special treatment. Just me being me. When I was young, I was known as Joe or Joey or Joseph. And I was known as Joe until just recently. I'm 56 years old now. I was known for Joe for a long time. But what many people don't realize was I was wearing a mask, I was telling people a lie. I was never meant to be a boy. But somehow the genes in my body, when I was born, were messed up. I was born a boy when clearly identified as a girl. I should have been born a girl. When I was young, I wanted to be a woman. When I looked in the mirror, I often thought about what I could do to make myself a beautiful woman. I never felt comfortable as a boy. I never felt relaxed around a group of guys talking about cars or machines or sports or any sort of masculine topic. I I always wanted to be with the girls. I always just wanted to be a girl. I'd love femininity. I'd love wearing makeup. i I love fashionable clothes. But when I grew up in the 80s and 90s, I might as well have been a reject. I might as well have been banished to the island of misfit or broken toys. If you were a boy that wanted to dress as the opposite sex, then you were looked at as a drag queen or a pervert. It's the usual story that you probably heard countless times. As a child, I was bullied, beaten up, ferociously teased by both guys and sometimes even girls when I tried to be feminine there was a handful of people that were kind to me throughout the years and and that helped for sure but by far the majority of people I encountered during the 80s and 90s and up just until recently were just mean 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 people who are somehow threatened and fearful by a boy wearing a dress it seems so silly now who cares about what people wear Me wearing lipstick isn't hurting anyone, yet somehow society made me feel inferior and small. Society made me feel like a criminal at times. Most of the time, I just didn't feel like I belonged anywhere. And as a result, I was always depressed and miserable. Fortunately, between 2012 and 2016, the world changed a lot for trans awareness, trans people, at a really extraordinary pace trans people represented in TV and film, and not just as punchlines or jokes as they often were in the past, but as real people with real stories and often played by real-life trans actors. And the print media and news outlets began publishing coming-out stories and uh, and features of prominent citizens coming out as transgender or people voicing support for trans rights. It was a 180 change. Cities and states across the country started passing laws that protected people's actions to express who they were and who they are and to be authentic. Laws at a speed that surprises me even to this day. Obviously, culture as a whole and people's long-held beliefs and dogmas do not change overnight. And there are still obviously people who are fearful of trans, transgender people, or even people of color. There's still a lot of work that needs to be done. I've always said that there is no way we're going to save coastal wildlife until all people can live their lives free from hate, discrimination, and violence. Everyone just needs to be treated equal. So this is my coming out story. I tell this story in hopes that people of all ages, but especially young people, will not have to suffer and be in pain the way I had to struggle for decades. But I know that coming out is not easy for trans people. There are trans people who don't have any kind of support from anyone in their family or immediate circle of friends. There are those who are growing up who can't see themselves as they truly are. Some say fearful and are never able to shine as their true selves. And there are those who dare to question the male-dominated society they live in and paid for with their lives. This is the reality for many trans and gender nonconforming individuals around the world. This is the price of being different. This is the price for just being yourself. I can tell you for me, I'm still afraid telling people that I'm trans or how I want to be seen. I'm still afraid of people who will not be kind, who will laugh at me or misgender me, or of all the doors that might close in my face or the opportunities that might be taken away, all because of who I am. Will I survive? Will I finish my story? Thousands of other trans people have not been lucky enough to finish their story. Will I be another victim of a hate crime? Only time will tell, and like everything else, it's always one day at a time. But the fact that I'm here and telling my story as it starts out, and proud and open, tells me that not only have I come a long way, but so has society. And this gives me hope. It gives me hope for a kinder, gentler, more compassionate, more inclusive, and more loving future for all of us, and perhaps for all species as well, including coastal wildlife. So please meet Jenna, the new director of Save Coastal Wildlife. I'm the same as the old director of Save Coastal Wildlife. (laughs) I'm the same person, just different pronouns and slightly different clothes, hopefully more fashionable clothes. And I'm happy and thrilled to be the first trans woman leader of an environmental organization in New Jersey, one of the things I'm really most happy about for Safe Coast to Wildlife is that we truly accept everyone. Our diversity statement isn't just some piece of paper stuck on a wall or on some website. We actually live it. We need everyone to Save Coast to Wildlife. We don't care who you are. We don't care what color you what color your skin is or what you wear, or what you believe in. We need everyone to Save Coastal Wildlife. It's the only way we're going to do it. So until next time, which hopefully will not be that long, (laughs) be kind, be healthy, don't be afraid to be yourself, and spend more time outdoors. This is Jenna Reynolds, Director of Safe Coastal Wildlife Nonprofit and host of Safe Coastal Wildlife, the podcast. For more information or make a donation, please visit our website at www.savecoastalwildlife.org. That's www.savecoastalwildlife, all one word, safecoastalwildlife.org. Thanks and be well, everyone. You have been listening to Save Coastal Wildlife, the podcast. More information about Save Coastal Wildlife and our citizen scientists and volunteer activities, including monitoring horseshoe crabs and seals to beach cleanups and monitoring the beach for microplastics can be found at our website, www.savecoastalwildlife.org. If you enjoyed the show, please like and subscribe to the podcast. Also, please share the podcast on social media and tell your family and friends about it. If you would like to support Save Coastal Wildlife, please go to our website and click on the donate button at savecoastalwildlife.org. Thank you for your support. We depend on the kindness and generosity of people for everything we do. Join us next time for another episode of Save Coastal Wildlife, the podcast.
1: Cleaning up the beach The fish swim by Look at all the birds Let them be, we all must learn to protect the sea, keep the waters clean, it's up to What happens if our plastic is left on the shore? The birds and the fish won't come anymore. Protect and preserve the wild.